Hi all, Liberty Doll here. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of this video, I am super excited to announce a new affiliate partnership with USCCA, AKA the United States Concealed Carry Association. They are hands down the best self-defense protection provider out there and their firearms education and training resources are absolutely life-saving. We're talking about hundreds of videos, guides, books, you name it. And that is super important when you've decided to take on the responsibility of carrying a gun. Joining the USCCA gives you access to their library of trainings, concealed carry magazine, access to USCCA certified instructors, which is super cool, and the legal and financial protection you need if you are ever forced to defend yourself. Now, this little ditty doesn't mean that they're paying me for this video or even for promoting them, but if you sign up for any of their memberships or purchase any of their products through my affiliate links, a portion of the proceeds will go to me and my channel. It is a great way to help out the channel despite all of the YouTube demonetization while also getting access to some really amazing trainings, great education, and the protection you need, heaven forbid you ever actually have to use your gun. So check out the USCCA through my link in the description, or you can text DOLL, that's D-O, LL to 87222. And now back to your regularly scheduled Liberty Doll content. Over the last year or so, I've been hearing rumors and seeing some headlines that the NRA is in trouble. I'd look into it and see this headline or that one about New York trying to bankrupt the NRA since it is chartered in New York, but there really wasn't much information out there. And what was out there was on ABC, NBC, Mother Jones, and NPR, which I really wasn't too keen on trusting since they're already dancing on the NRA's grave before it's even dead. But then I saw a video recently where Hickok45 announced that his channel would no longer be plugging NRA memberships or taking their sponsorship without really saying why. So then I knew something was really up and I wanted to get to the bottom of it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you might want to take a few minutes to pull on your rain boots and grab some ponchos because as I have learned, the bullshit runs thick and it runs deep. The short version is the NRA is in a lot of financial trouble and a lot of moral and ethical trouble. All around, lots of trouble. While a lot of this is still going on all hush-hush in the shadows, the first inklings of trouble came last May when the NRA filed a lawsuit against New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and the New York State Department of Financial Services. The complaint was that Cuomo and the state agency was engaging in a blacklisting campaign aimed at convincing banks and insurance companies to stop doing business with the NRA. The suit called this a First Amendment issue as the blacklisting aimed to deprive the NRA of its right to speak freely about gun-related issues and defend the Second Amendment. And really, such an accusation is perfectly realistic. How many times have we heard about banks and credit card companies pulling their services from gun shops, pro-gun retail chains, and anyone else aligned with gun rights? And no wonder when outlets like the New York Times run pieces like this one called How Banks Unwittingly Finance Mass Shootings. The whole article is about how mass shooters, like most other Americans, use credit cards. In reality, if you dig into the article, only eight such shooters used credit cards to finance their murder sprees, but that's still enough for the expose to suggest that credit card companies are liable and at least partly responsible for the dead and wounded. 
With press like that, I can understand why banks and credit card companies would retreat, though I don't agree with it. And we can look back even further to 2013 and Eric Holder's Operation Choke Point. The basis of the lawsuit isn't conspiracy theory land. In April of 2018, just one month before the lawsuit, Bloomberg's Everytown for Gun Safety released guidelines for a code of conduct that financial institutions can require of gun manufacturers and FFLs. A lot of these are stupid fluff suggestions like don't sell to prohibited persons and make sure you do a complete background check. You know, things that FFLs already do and are required to do by law. But some of the other guidelines are things like a bank telling a gun manufacturer that they can only use that bank's services if the manufacturer promises to work on smart gun technology or stop making high capacity magazines and stop making center fired ammo, which are all ridiculous requests. Around the same time, the New York Financial Department also imposed a $7 million fine on the Lockton insurance broker for administering the NRA's carry guard insurance. A few days later, the state also fined the insurer Chubb LTD and Illinois Union Insurance Company $1.3 million for their liability policies that they provided for the NRA. The fines were part of separate settlements for lawsuits the state had levied against them, but were the result of political activism engaged in by the state. Along with this came a letter on official state letterhead urging banks and insurance companies to pull their business from the NRA and gun promotion organizations. Between banks pulling their services and insurance companies refusing to renew policies, the NRA said that this would force them to shut their doors as they'd no longer be able to be insured, collect donations, or pay their expenses. The state financial superintendent said that the state was just enforcing the law, but it looks a whole lot like Cuomo, Bloomberg, and friends were trying to freeze the NRA out. The Iceman cometh. Either way, it was suspicious enough that the ACLU actually swooped in in support of the NRA and their lawsuit. Shut the front door. Unfortunately, also unearthed in this lawsuit was the fact that the NRA overspent by $46 million in 2016, all while also suffering from tens of millions of dollars in damages due to Cuomo's blacklisting bonanza. What also came out is that this wasn't the first time the NRA was in financial dire straits. And this is where it gets really dicey. The NRA is now blaming a lot of these financial issues on their PR firm Ackerman McQueen, a company run by friends of top NRA execs that was responsible for developing the supposedly illegal carry guard insurance, was paid over budget for years and years and years, and was paid from all kinds of different accounts, under different names, and was getting paid for fundraising and PR duties through several other smaller Ackerman-owned companies, according to tax documents and some pretty damning pieces from the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and the New Yorker. And you know, that's not sketchy at all. But even more damning, it turns out that high-level NRA executives, contractors, and vendors pulled hundreds of millions of dollars from the NRA's budget for a bunch of no-nos. <laughs> this is definitely illegal. 
For example, according to leaked documents, CEO Wayne LaPierre spent $275,000 at a men's luxury clothing store in Beverly Hills. He also billed the NRA for travel expenses to Italy, the Bahamas, Budapest, and all kinds of other fun places. And he billed them for limo services during all of those trips to the tune of another $250,000. NRA lawyer Bill Brewer, who also happens to be associated with Ackerman McQueen, was also paid out $24 million in a one-year period with no records as to what those costs are actually for. You don't want a criminal lawyer, right? You want a criminal lawyer. Know what I'm saying? The NRA also paid Ted Nugent's marketing company $60,000 for an advertising spot on his TV show. And he's on the board of directors. Evil, dishonesty, and scam artists have always been around. A series of friends and family members were also hired and paid out under the NRA, or Ackerman, or both, for millions of dollars and double-dipping kickbacks. And yet, the employee retirement fund is hanging in the negative by somewhere around, I don't know, $60 million? It also seems that anyone who questioned these expenses was promptly fired. I think you can see where this is going. Meanwhile, the NRA is over here doubling the price of their membership dues. Now, I'm not saying that the NRA is a corrupt organization, but the NRA is making itself look more and more like a corrupt organization. Dale, the NRA is a Washington, D.C.-based organization. Are you telling me you support Washington, D.C.? That's a thinker. To save face, in April of this year, the NRA filed a lawsuit against Ackerman McQueen, supposedly without any input or oversight from the board of directors, lending even more evidence to the organization's internal struggles, and complicated by the fact that the NRA president, Oliver North, has a $1 million contract with Ackerman to host an NRA TV show. The lawsuit blames the PR company for the NRA's financial woes and claims that the PR group prevented them from accessing basic business documents, including North's contract. The NRA also alleges that Ackerman's lack of transparency is threatening their nonprofit status. So, of course, with all of these leaks and accusations coming out, the New York Attorney General has launched an investigation into the NRA's finances and whether or not they should actually have a tax-exempt nonprofit status. Remember, the NRA is chartered in New York, so New York law applies, and New York law is decidedly anti-gun and anti-NRA. At the same time, the NRA had its annual convention where so-called insurgents attempted a coup to oust LaPierre from his position. At least that's how LaPierre put it. In reality, NRA members proposed a resolution to hold him accountable for the financial allegations, as he should be, and along with it, proposed that he stepped down. That resolution was defeated. North also asked LaPierre to resign amid all the ongoing turmoil and accusations of misappropriating funds. LaPierre turned around and accused North of essentially blackmailing him by threatening to leak damaging info to the press if he didn't step down. He claimed that North was using Ackerman to threaten him with releasing a letter that would be a devastating account for our financial status, sexual harassment charges against a staff member, accusations of wardrobe expenses, and excessive staff staff travel expenses. 
North hit back by creating a special committee to investigate the financial issues and LaPierre's part in them. He then announced that he wouldn't be serving a second term as the organization's president, as he was told by the board of directors that they wouldn't be nominating him for re-election. It's a little suspicious. The whole thing has become a giant, cancerous catfight, and it's basically a repeat of a financial mismanagement scandal the NRA faced back in the 1990s. Back then, LaPierre and Ackerman came out on top. Between North and LaPierre, it seems LaPierre has won again. For now. But the president is a part-time and mostly symbolic position, so the organization won't see many changes, especially with LaPierre remaining at the helm. The NRA is still broke, fighting two lawsuits, facing an investigation, misspending money, and is likely going to continue to compromise on gun rights. As for what this means for the future of gun rights, it's hard to tell. A lot of people say that the NRA is too big to fall, but even if it did fall, I'm not really sure what impact it would have, with the NRA being on board with some pretty major gun control bills. The NRA might be the biggest gun lobbying group in Washington, but the Gun Owners of America, the Second Amendment Foundation, the Firearms Policy Coalition, and all of us gun owners ourselves still exist. We're certainly not going anywhere, and we're the backbone of all of these organizations. Personally, I haven't been an NRA member for a long time, which is probably why they won't stop calling me like a crazy ex-boyfriend. Instead, I support Gun Owners of America and my local gun advocacy group. I'm not saying who to support, but if you do decide to pull from the NRA over any of this, remember that there are other groups out there that have a little less controversy. Since originally recording this video, there's been a few more updates. In fact, Media Matters hates the NRA so much that they've been chronicling every new development in a sort of gleeful daily diary. Here are the big bullet points. First, LaPierre also tried to pin some of this hullabaloo on the NRA's chief lobbyist, Chris Cox. You might recognize the name as the guy that sends all the emails. Cox disputed this claim, but resigned anyway. LaPierre also voiced concerns that NRA TV had become too far removed from the Second Amendment and so announced an end to any new live broadcasts. The NRA has also filed a lawsuit against Oliver North for the alleged blackmailing and extortion, and Ackerman McQueen has also filed a counter-lawsuit against the NRA, saying that they did, in fact, provide the necessary financial information to the NRA, and that these allegations against the company has hurt its reputation. They're suing for $50 million. Then Ackerman decided that the NRA TV staff, who are Ackerman employees, would go on a sort of unpaid leave, without severance pay, or health insurance, or the ability to claim unemployment, and employees were told that they would have to sign a non-disclosure agreement in order to activate their health insurance. In a follow-up statement, Ackerman claimed that the NRA is responsible for any severance packages, but according to the lawsuit the NRA filed against Ackerman, it says in their contract that Ackerman is actually responsible for the severance packages, but will only release them after the NRA pays them a fee. So there's that. Several NRA board members have also come forward claiming their positions were taken away after criticizing LaPierre and the misappropriation of funds. 
Meanwhile, Oliver North has filed a countersuit against LaPierre, claiming he never tried to blackmail him, and also claiming that LaPierre had blocked internal investigations into the organization's spending. Just over a week and a half ago, the DC Attorney General sent out several subpoenas for the NRA's financial records. Woof. A campaign calling itself Help Save the NRA is running a petition asking donors to withhold their funds until Wayne steps down. According to their website, petitioners have pledged to withhold over $162 million. And finally, late last week, Slate happily reported on a leaked email from former NRA president Marion Hammer telling board members to get in line or face retaliation. The email was allegedly in response to those board members who had been stripped of their positions after talking publicly about the NRA's troubles. So that's my long-winded explanation as to what's going on with the NRA. <laughs> as long and complicated as it was, I promise it's just the basics, which is kind of the scary part. As always, all of my sources are linked down in the description if you want to check them out yourself. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Drop me a comment about what you think about this whole situation. And remember, you can also find this video on BitChute, GunStreamer, and Full30. And if you'd like to help support my channel in other ways, you can also find me on Patreon, Subscribestar, or make a one-time donation through PayPal or Crypto. As always, thank you for tuning in, stay safe, and happy shooting!